you're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right. Welcome. You are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am so excited to bring you today's guest, Will Fisher. He is a life coach, facilitator, producer, performer, and you guys drag queen we hey and he is the he is part of the the snapdragons we're not an active drag troupe anymore but yeah the snapdragon productions Uh uh-huh yes the snapdragon productions and he is also the founder of willfully living we met actually like three years ago maybe two and a half years ago at a speaking event and he he was sharing some of his vision for the future and i ran right up to him after the meeting and said um excuse me i need to have you on this podcast <laughs> so he helps to coach gay bi trans and queer men and women he helps women too um, but primarily focused on helping people express their authenticity so y'all know we had to have him on thank you so much for being here today will Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I think that night that we met, you were moving like the next day. And so <laughs> we exchanged info and we were like, maybe we'll talk at some point. I know you've got a lot going on, but then, you know, you're so good at follow up. I'm so glad we stayed connected. And we're Wow. That's so funny that they're, like I would be moving the next day. That's incredibly spot on or like very uh, in cadence with my lifestyle. So I am so glad that we caught up. Uh, it's been two and a half years in the making and how, well, tell us how you've gotten to this point in your life. Ooh, well, that's a big question. Um, yeah, so I'm currently living in San Diego and it's exciting for me because I haven't lived here since I was a kid. So I grew up here, I was born and raised here, and then I, I got out at 16. So I was, I was growing up with a fairly dysfunctional family. I was the son of two alcoholic parents. My brother got into drugs at a young age, and there was a lot of chaos and a lot of, of trauma that was happening as I was growing up. On top of that, I, I realized that I was a, a gay boy. Um, and so I had this like shameful secret and I was dealing with all this chaos. Yeah. So as you can imagine, I didn't feel very safe. And uh, luckily I had an opportunity to attend a boarding school uh, in Idlewild. So I, I got out at 16 and went from boarding school which was an arts boarding school. So as a gay kid, I was very much appreciated and celebrated. I started the Gay Straight Alliance there. Um, this was in like the late 90s. So mm -hmm. being gay was still kind of a difficult, more challenging uh, situation back then. Um, I went from there to Connecticut, studied theater in Connecticut, went straight from Connecticut to New York City. And I was in New York City for a long time, having lots of adventures. 
finished that time and went to a retreat center in upstate New York where I was, I was running this retreat center and started yeah. to dive into personal growth work and, and starting to take different uh, retreats and different workshops and explore different modalities of healing and growth. Started working with a coach, started realizing the power of working with a coach. And um, yeah, eventually I became a life coach and decided to move back to San Diego. So it's been like a very long full circle. Um, there's so many stories and adventures within that frame, but I just wanted to give you that kind of time frame of, of activity. You know, it's, it's interesting how we all do, how our paths lead us to coaching mm-hmm. and living our, like our truth mm-hmm. and then making a difference with it. So number one is I acknowledge you because coming out in the nineties, exploring, understanding yourself, it was still a scary time and I can't imagine what that is like. And so, um, I feel so blessed. I came out as bisexual just last year and mm-hmm. it wasn't no, there you know, right in line. It was just like announcing anything else or a second breath. And so, uh-huh. um, but however, in this podcast, we definitely talk about coming out of different closets of, mm-hmm. of your own. And so I remember, you know, about five years ago on coming out day, I, I announced I wanted to be a speaker and it mm-hmm. felt just as scary as coming out as bisexual or gay or, or Absolutely. Yeah, it was really, um, I was nerve wracking because I I remember besides being afraid of any um, like judgment or negative Mm. feedback, like it was like a, who do you think you are? Or you can't do that. It was also my own fears or my own hesitations of like, am I, can Mm. I? Mm. There was a little bit of imposter syndrome that came into play there too. And so, and then having to obviously follow up on that, right? Build the business Mm -hmm. behind it or Mm -hmm. live the lifestyle that follows the announcement. And so Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what, what landed for you there. Yeah. Well, first of all, there is so much power in that coming out process, right. In claiming something. And, you know, maybe we'll talk a little more eventually about my solo show, but when I was developing my solo show, which was a very vulnerable act, you know, it's about me and my relationship with drag and gender. It's autobiographical. I was terrified. And one of the ways that I made it possible for me to manifest it was I just kept talking about it. I kept telling people I was doing it. Right. So there is so much power in just like putting that stake in the ground, like, taking ownership and claiming who you are and what you're up to. Um, But yeah, for me, my coming out process, you know, as a gay man in the 90s, I was 16 years old when I realized like, this is who I am. This is what I need to express to the world. And before I got a chance to come out, folks were talking about me being gay uh, behind my back, which was, was totally traumatic. Like I went from being one of the most popular kids in my junior high to having no friends. Like literally I would go and sit down next to a best friend and they would move seats. And so mm-hmm. it was already really traumatic, the idea of being openly gay, because I was already having the negative impact. And then two years later, I met someone who was living this fabulous gay life. And I started to see that I could be gay and still be happy. You know, that, that just because I didn't, I wasn't going to get the, what I dreamt of as my ideal level of success, having the white picket fence and the beautiful wife and the kid, 
I could create something else that I could be happy with. And so that empowered me to come out. But I remember when I came out, it was during the time where HIV and AIDS education was huge. There was so much propaganda about HIV and AIDS all over the TV. There were commercials run all the time. And I literally thought that me coming out as gay was accepting a sentence of dying of HIV and AIDS. Yeah. And I remember I would, I'd go and I'd hang out in Hillcrest, which is like the gayborhood in San Diego. And I, I wasn't old enough to go into the clubs because I was 16. And there would maybe like two other people around my age. It just, people weren't coming out young then. Uh, but I would hang out at the coffee shops and I'd be driving home back to my house and I wasn't out to my family yet. And I would start thinking about this HIV stuff and just thinking about being gay. And I can remember like sweat would start to drip down my armpits. Like it, it was like the fear was just so embodied and, and so present. Um, so yeah, that was a, a, a hard process for me. And it was a process that helped me and actually in, in a sense forced me to do a lot of internal work at a very young age. You know, so I'm very grateful for that because it was this process of like, is that who I really am? And if that is like, do I have the courage to own it? Um, and so I feel like that step was just a huge uh, milestone in my my personal growth work. Like, I didn't know that that was happening. But as I reflect back, I'm like, wow, like that was a very meaningful and powerful thing that a 16 year old experienced. And I have some great positive impact as a result. Number one, what you shared is just so amazing. And you you dropped so many gems in there that I was, I was like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. Like just over here shaking my head, agreeing, agreeing. <laughs> and, you know, it's just phenomenal because uh, I was actually like just writing about this last night and it's that we, we, our suffering is what pushes us, like creates our, our strength mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. And so people avoid go coming out avoid being bold stepping to the edge of bravery and like jumping off right and so we never know how capable we are because we actually avoid those things that scare us but some people can't avoid that when traumatic things happen per se growing up in a dysfunctional home um you know being gay and almost like not being outed you know, in a traumatic way, but just, you know, it being more and more coming right at you like a freight train, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. so it, it's just so profound because you realize your capabilities earlier than you prepared to realize your capabilities. And mm -hmm. it's so powerful because everyone gets pushed through some eye of the needle that just really has them realize I'm okay. I'm okay. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It is some of those forced uh, growth periods, right? I was talking to someone last night who is a medium and he had a near-death experience and I <laughs> heard myself in my head say like, damn, I wish I had had a near-death experience. <laughs> so many people in our field who like have come so far because of their near-death experience, right? You hear that story all the time and they are like so present and they're so tuned in and they're connected yeah. to source. And I really literally had that like thought and I was like, that is really effed up. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of near death experience, the fact that you would contemplate being mm. sentenced to an HIV death like that, I mean, close enough, my friend, because it, I can't imagine the fear that gets instilled naturally from a, a thought like that. And, and you're right about 
not just um, because it was, there's all the propaganda, there's all the warnings, there's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's so much shame around it mm-hmm. and so yeah. much like, you know, danger around it. Mm-hmm. That's, that gets put together. And so I really, you said something about, there was this man who inspired me living this fabulously gay life. Like I uh-huh. love what you said there and it's so beautiful, but it, it you had to disrupt the white picket fence vision, mm-hmm. which I t- I write about it in my book. I talk about it on the podcast because we are chasing perfectionism and mm-hmm. especially from the 60s, 70s, 80s to 90s until it was actually okay, mm-hmm. men and women were getting uh, heterosexual marriage, mm-hmm. getting married to, you know, the opposite sex when they didn't mean it only oh, because yeah. it wasn't okay. And so just, just completely disrupting that vision mm-hmm. and being willing to kind of, again, jump off the ledge of bravery and normalcy mm-hmm. in order to have mm-hmm. your own life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at the time it feels like a curse, right? But then once you jump, you are suddenly outside of heteronormative conformity and it's beautiful it's like wow look at this world i get to like choose how i relate to people choose what i wear choose how i express there's so much freedom outside of it but you know growing up in a dysfunctional family like all i wanted was that like picture perfect adulthood you know i just was striving for it and so i didn't understand that there could be something else so connecting with someone who is creating something uniquely theirs, you know, creating a success that is so individual to who they are, to their personality, to, to sharing their gifts, to be able to see that it was, that was life-changing for me. And that's a big part of what I do as a coach is I help people clarify what their version of success is, because it is usually not what the standard is. It is usually much more interesting. You know, once we are able to step outside of that box and queer it up a little bit and like, let's explore what it could be. You know, it's so much more interesting. The freedom that you talked about, the freedom beyond the barrier of the comfort zone, right? Yes. Uh, You're making me so happy that like, (laughs) I'm so glad that my audience is getting to hear this message because that's why we're calling this the queerdom it takes to be a quitter to quit. I forgot the quitterdom it takes to be queer. Like queer is anyone's own definition because i think the definition of queer is just not normal it just is the deconstruction of what's normal and when we do that for ourselves that is exactly what we're talking about here is when we do that for ourselves by living out loud we actually inspire others to do the same and so you're just nailing it you're kicking it over the fences and i love it and you know you said something too which a little earlier which was that just keep talking about it right put your stake in the ground and stand by it or this is your territory now and the more that we if you burst outside the comfort zone then you said you're floating around you realize how fabulous this is when i moved from indiana to california that experience really happened for me too like I was in Indiana and in Illinois. I was a nine to fiver. I was building my coaching practice, but I still had a corporate job. I wasn't that happy with that kind of schedule or that structure. And when I moved out to California, it actually, this is kind of a silly story. I went to Costco 
on like a Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, sweet. It's going to be like not busy because it's Tuesday. It looked like a Saturday morning. And I was like, what is this? How are, how is this many people off work right now? And it dawned on me, like nobody lives the same life. Yeah. 7 billion people are living 7 billion different experiences of this world. Yeah. And it opened me up to realize put your stake in the ground. However you want to live is okay. No one gets to say so. And then what you said was keep talking about it. Keep showing up, keep making it your normal. Cause the more that we accept our own normal, the more people can accept ours mm-hmm. and theirs. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. I love that. I also just love that you had that, a big aha moment at Costco. You're like, <laughs> wow, you're like getting a sample. You're like, holy shit. Yep. What? It can happen anywhere. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And there, there is so much power in, in, in that claiming. And, um, you know, it, it makes me think too of my coming out process as a drag queen because I was a whole nother layer. Um, and, and my show is actually about that. It's about me putting my drag into the closet in order to back into the closet, right? So I had a whole like coming out process and, and really claimed my drag persona. My, her name is Sylvia London. And I had this amazing drag troupe of people that I was uh, performing with and throwing big, fabulous parties with in New York City. We were like, all up in the New York City nightlife and I was in my 20s and it was just a very exciting time but I didn't have a boyfriend and I was like really sad that I didn't have a boyfriend I had gotten my heart broken uh, before moving to New York and I met some guy and we really hit it off but he was really not into drag like he was really close-minded around that and felt really uncomfortable about it. And so I, at that time, prioritized the relationship and I put Sylvia London in the closet. I put my drag in the closet. Um, And so just that I'm present to how there is this evolving piece around us claiming who we are, it, it doesn't always just stay there and, and elevate, right? We have to continue to claim it again and again. Mm-hmm. We have to continue to own what we are here to do and who we are here to represent. And so that was a, a big process for me because it, it I thought that, you know, whatever, that's just a, a part of me that I don't need to give attention to right now. And I was miserable, you know, and, and I was in love. So the love helped me get past that misery for a while. But then eventually I was like, there's a part of me that I'm not expressing. And it's because of this man. And I can't be with this man if, if I have to keep her in the closet. Mm, so, that's so, so it is that process of like continuously sustaining that, that claim, right? It's yes, there's the coming out piece, but you can also put it back in the, you can go back into the closet. If you don't keep claiming it. And I'm sure that you experience with your clients as well that there's the moment you rip off the Band-Aid, right? There's that coming out, there's that announcement or that self-discovery, really, because you cannot shift that which you cannot see. And so working with a coach so often and in general, life will show you things about yourself that you now have new awarenesses of yourself, but that doesn't make it so simple and easy to, number one, acknowledge and then accept 
and then apply in life. So I really love and appreciate that you shared, yeah, I came out as gay and then I came out as drag and then I had to put it away because just the other day I had the realization that I think our transformations look like the climb of the stock market. Yeah. So there's like a little bit of up and then a drip and then up and then a drip and then up and then like the crash, there's usually another crash somewhere in there and then we're like climbing up and up and up. However, if you really look at that natural climb, it is a gradual increase the entire time, even with the dips. Mm-hmm, 100%. And you see it a lot with folks in the wellness profession, right? Folks who are like, I'm doing something similar to you. They're like, I'm going to be done with this corporate job. I feel really called to you know, be a yoga instructor or be a coach, be a Reiki, do, do something in this field, right? And so then they claim it. And it is like that Band-Aid. Like at first they're like, oh, I feel great. The Band-Aid's off. Like I'm really in this. And then the reality of it starts to set in. And so then their faith starts getting challenged. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's that perseverance, that, that, that commitment to who you are and who you are called to be. And you have to stay focused on the, the wins and the gains and not let all the challenges like pull you back. Right. And because it happens again and again, folks finally realize what they are meant to do on this planet and they claim it. And then like a couple months later, they realize that this is going to be hard as, you know, really, really hard. And then they retract it. Right. So that sustainability, that faith, that determination and commitment is so key. And oftentimes it's really helpful to have people in your corner who are helping you be present to that. Right. Mentors and folks who are keeping you in the game. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask, like, what would you say to someone going through that? Because you're right about there's that rip the Band-Aid and then, oh, shoot, right? Like, especially, I think one of the most common ones, because I think that a lot of people get their start, is when they're ready to leave a corporate job, they'll actually add an MLM, like a direct sales. So something that kind of bridges that gap. So they start, but I have straight up to ask clients, okay, love, would you show up for this business if it did not make you money for the next one, two, three, or five years, mm-hmm. right? Is this truly passion? Or because I think that social media syndrome has really plagued us in the sense that we think we're an influencer and we're going to open an Instagram account and we're going to be multimillionaires because yeah. that's what the professionals say, right? Yeah, and so what sort of advice do you have for someone who they've ripped the Band-Aid off, they maybe had that awakening moment in their pretty clear about their passions and their gifts, but they're struggling to make that climb. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you got to hustle, right? So a lot of times it does look like potentially doing some things that you don't want to do in order to pay the bills, but continuing to find the time and attention for what you ultimately want to do and staying consistent and persistent like a, you know, dog with a bone, like just continuing to go for it and move forward. And then I think one of the main things is focus, right? It's so easy for us to focus on, uh, you know, when you're building your business, it's like focusing on, oh my God, I just put in like eight hours and I haven't gotten a new client in two weeks. Like, Mm. what is the point? We're so, we're so conditioned to, feel into this reciprocity of like, I work an hour and I get paid $35, right? Mm -hmm. That's how corporate America works. We work and then we get paid. And when you're building your business, it doesn't work like that. You have to 
you have to accept that, right? So staying focused on the wins, right? Not, not, not letting your focus move to, oh, it was so much better on the other side. Um, so focus is a big thing. Patience is a big thing. Like just continuously being consistent and persistent in your action steps and being patient and having faith that things are going to start to work. Things are going to start to move. And it takes a long time, especially in the personal growth world. It takes a really long time. Um, and so, I mean, maybe not for everybody. Some people it's like, boom, but generally it's, it's a long process. And part of that process is, also building you, right? It's, it's mm. testing you. It's testing your faith and determination and your willpower and your courage. And so it's helping build you up, which supports your practice because you're helping people build up, right? So that whole journey is also super valuable on multiple levels. Yeah, that description uh, really resonates with me because that was my experience. And I think it's a lot of people's experiences. They're ready to be successful. They think like intellectually, they think they're ready to be successful, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, they are not ready to be successful. And so that really dawned on me about like three years into coaching where I'm like, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Where's these clients? Like I'm busting my ass. And I love what you said about what I wrote it down as work reciprocity. I work an hour, I get paid 35 an hour. And I think that's phenomenal because the last generation really loves to remind us we're entitled millennials. However, we've been pretty much raised and trained to understand tit for tat. Thank you for bringing in a new perspective there is we are very conditioned to believe that that's how it works, but that's not how investment in yourself or in a business works. If And I like to tell people, if you opened a brick and mortar, you wouldn't be profitable for five to 10 years. You have so much overhead getting started in a business. Give yourself a little bit of grace that you have to grow. So does your brand and your business. Because in the middle there, people overlook the brand part, right? They think that just because they have a business means people are going to purchase from them. But people buy more from Pepsi than they do from, well, actually, Pepsi owns everything right now at this point, or Coca-Cola, but like they're better than a little name brand. Um, people are going to buy from what they know, love and trust. So you ha even have to give yourself grace there to build that. And the last piece I heard you talk about was the faith it takes. Speak a little bit more about that, the faith it takes to, and again, back to the idea of the whole episode, the quitterdom it takes to be queer, whatever our version of queer is, the faith it takes to live that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, briefly, just to speak on the brand piece, part of that is developing your brand, right? It's like when you are right out the gate, oftentimes you don't really know what you're about. You have some ideas, some passions, but you really need to be in it to start to discover like, what is it that people want from you? What is it that you want to give? And so that branding process is a long one. I would say I'm still on mine. I mean, I've got, yes. I've got some stuff plugged in, but I'm still like honing it in. But in terms of faith, yeah, you know, I am a big believer and proponent of affirmations and visualizations. So that's part of my morning routine every day. And I think those things can help you get really present to the ideal future that you're moving towards. Mm. Because when it's just a, a distant thought and you think about it every now and then, it's just, it's not enough for me anyways. And, and I find with a lot of my clients, yeah. like in order to maintain that faith, 
I believe that it's helpful to maintain some daily practices to remember what you're moving towards, whether that's a vision board, uh, you know, the visualization, the affirmations, where you talk about the future, you talk about it as if it's happening now, you feel into that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a really key piece is just continuously being present to what you're moving towards. And that's where you can find and tap into that faith, right? Yeah. I mean, faith is a, a tricky thing. Um, it, I don't really, I, I, other than those tips, I don't yeah. have a lot of, of ways to tap into it. I just know how important it is. Yeah. And I love the way that you actually married faith with the brand conversation too, because our brand matures with us. You're right about, we have to go through so much of our own transformation. And so when I work with my clients as well, the visualization, some of the main visualization we do is work with our inner child and then work with our future self. It is in the first like couple weeks of coaching with someone, I never actually move forward before they can answer me, who are you and what do you want? If we can't get there, we can't get anywhere. It's like getting in a car with no destination. Sure, go for a joy ride, have fun, but you're gonna find yourself spinning in circles. And so I really love the way that you um, like kind of put those two together actually, because being able to visualize the person you're becoming, it may not turn out exactly that way, but knowing that you're setting yourself up and knowing that you're heading towards someone that you're becoming, you can shed things with a little less emotional attachment. Okay, who I am in the future doesn't act this way. She doesn't believe in this. She doesn't do that. She does this. She does yeah. that. So tell us about your future. What are you creating and who are you <laughs> becoming? Yeah, for that. Uh, just to reflect a little back though, I love that piece around you start with who are you and what do you want? And it's funny, that seems like such a simple question that anybody should be able to quickly answer. And I find with my clients, with a lot of my clients, I was just working with one of my tech clients yesterday in the corporate sector. And I assigned her to to just dream big, like above and beyond, like over the top, like dream about like being the president of the United States, whatever, like dreaming big, it, how you interpret that. And we reflected back on the exercise for her and she talked about how challenging that was for her. How it was so hard for her to really connect with what she wants and to start mm -hmm. to identify what success looks for her. But, and she actually had to do a couple iterations of it, but she said that what she became present to was that she wasn't even aware of possibilities, right? Possibility consciousness is not something a lot of people have a capacity for. And that exercise started to open up her blinders, right? She started to see what is possible, but it, it was a very arduous process. And she's still, I would say her blinders are still pretty tight, but it's slowly starting to open up and she's slowly starting to think about what she might be able to create. Um, so then what was the other question? I forget now. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked on that. You struck gold there really quick. You said it made her consider what her definition of success is. I couldn't emphasize that enough to people because we create insane lives trying to attain other people's version of success. And I think that this is such a key part of this conversation because your definition of normal, your definition of success, go for that. And I love the, who are you and what do you want launching people into existential crises? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, you've, you've been through that enough is what are, who are you and what are you creating in your future? 
Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, and, and part of it is surrendering to the universe, like like following your passion, following opportunities, and and having faith that the universe has got your back. You know, and, and in that sense, like I never would have pictured myself running a queer retreat center in the middle of the woods where I have like a giant drag closet. I'm like dressing these men, these like 70 year old men up in drag for their first time and yes. cathartic experience, hosting these crazy retreats, like thinking of wild programming and then manifesting it. Like that was my life in upstate New York before I moved to San Diego and started my coaching practice. Trusting that the universe has exciting things in store for us if we follow our passions and follow the opportunities is, you know, part of that. And for me, though, when I think about the future, I really see my practice growing in big ways. I see me holding space for men. So I, you know, was doing that a lot at the retreat center. And since moving here, I haven't held retreats and, and workshops so much. So I, I'm going to move into that. I'm going to do my first retreat this year and start holding space for men to experience queer spirituality and to really mm -hmm. connect with their queer brothers and, and do men's work, but with that sort of queer uh, spirit bent to it. Um, mm -hmm. So I see myself doing a lot of that. I also have a real passion for young adults. So a lot of the programming that I did in New York City and in upstate New York was focused on supporting LGBTQ youth. And I wanna do more work for young adults. And what I think that looks like in the future is me starting a personal growth retreat center for young adults. I feel like this work is so freaking powerful, but a lot of us don't do it until we already have all these limiting beliefs and assumptions and fears <laughs> that are keeping us from doing what we wanna do. I mean, how amazing would it be to get in there during a developmental phase of, of young people and just like shoot that out of the water, like blow that out so that they don't have to be up against all the BS that we have had to fight through, right? Yes. So to, to be able to give offer that work at an earlier age, I think would be so powerful. And I see these young adults, I have some young adult clients and I see how much they struggle already, mm -hmm. you know, at mm -hmm. like 16, 17, 18 with the so societal pressures to be a certain way. Yeah, so yeah. I, I love the possibility of disrupting that and, mm -hmm. and helping get people on an exciting, passionate path at an earlier age. Yeah. If we have any men or women who are interested in getting involved, because I remember you sharing at that speakers event, the, um, the youth program and how it just, it literally lifted me up out of my chair to say, how can I support? How can I get involved? How can I share your unleashed heart? And so that, I mean, this is me getting to participate and play, but I anticipate being more involved as the time goes on. So how can someone get involved with you and your programs? Yeah, thank you. And I look forward to you getting more involved. Let's make this happen. Right. Um, yeah. So I have my website, Willfully Living is the name of my practice. My website is spelled Will with one L. So I spell my name with one L. Um, so it's Will-Fully Living. And, you know, I'd love to connect with people who want to collaborator who are looking for some extra support so folks can reach out to me there they can find me on instagram on facebook and all the things um, awesome and so we'll make sure to add all the links in the show notes and they can touch base with you but i just want to thank you for being here thank you for sharing your unleashed heart your queer unleashed heart <laughs> It's been so great. I really want to acknowledge you because um, this is a conversation I haven't had on the show and it's been a lot of fun to get to play and participate in it. And so just thank you for bringing your unique flavor to the world and to this podcast.
My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, much love. And thank you, Hearts. You guys, it takes quitterdom to be queer. It takes faith to get out there and be your most authentic self. Do not be afraid to unleash your heart. We are here to support you. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.